I want to, um, I want to, before I get into what God has this morning, um, those of you that may be here may kind of know what I've gone through. Those of you that, that may not know, um, I've spent the last six weeks basically, um, um, dealing with some medical issues. They found cancer on my nose. They kind of basically removed most of the skin on my nose and then I had a surgery. So I wasn't allowed to get up, wasn't allowed to do what I normally do. And if some of you guys know me, I, I, uh, I borderline on being a workaholic. <laughs> I just always, you know, I'm always trying to put 10 pounds of potatoes in a five pound sack. And I'm always trying to get more done than what my to-do list is on there. And I do all these other things. But how many of you know that we all have issues that we deal with with the Lord? Amen. We all have some things that are going on. And when you, when you go through, this wasn't the first time that I had to go through something. In 2016, I had quadruple bypass. This one guy told me one time he had been through it, and he told me, he said, man, he said, after the bypass, I couldn't even get up and walk to the mailbox. And here's what I thought in my head. That's because you're just an old man. There ain't no way you're going to get to the mailbox. Well, I had to repent because the first time after I had had the operation, I was in the living room, and I said, I think I'm feeling good. I think I'll go outside. And I was going to go out to the front door. And by the God time I got to the front door, <gasps> I was sucking wind. Come on, somebody. And I was like, God, forgive me for saying that about that. You know what I mean? Because when I had my bypass surgery, I walked in. This is nothing against older people, but now I'm the older people. I walked into the, uh, to the, to the doctor's office, and I looked around. And everybody was 20, 30 years older than I was, right? It's like, oh, my gosh. And they all looked at me like, what are you doing in here? You know what I mean? It was like I had a heart attack, quadruple bypass. I had about six weeks. I couldn't do a whole lot. Has anybody ever had to go through something like that where you just can't get out of bed or you can't get off the recliner or whatever it is? I was sharing with Ursula. I said, I mean, Ursula this morning, I was like, I remember when I looked at my recliner one time when I was going through that, you know, bypass, I looked at that recliner and I started crying because I was like, I don't want to get in you. But how many of you know there's a process of healing? There's a process. And during that process, here's what I know. God wants to speak to you. <laughs> Now, I had some issues where I couldn't see, I couldn't read, I couldn't, you know, my glasses, all this other stuff. It, it's great. I wish I was down there to where I could just read and read and read and study and, and gather all this information and spend time with the Lord. But there was some times where I just couldn't hardly hold my head up. There were some times where I would be awake for a few hours and I'd sleep for a few hours and then I'd be awake for a few hours and sleep for a few hours. And I want to share something with you that I felt like that the Lord had spoke to me about. And I want to share it with you because we all have to deal with some situations. We all have to deal with some circumstances in our life. Mine was a health issue, health issue. I've always wanted to be healthy. I've always wanted to be strong. I've always wanted to do that. And sometimes I put my own pride in being able to do that. And sometimes that stuff just doesn't work very good. And when we realize that, God, you're going to do something within us, then we kind of allow him to do it. God's doing something in all of us. Whether you acknowledge it, whether you don't, he's at work. He's working to do something. 
I want to take a couple of minutes, first of all, and I just want to say, Pastor, thank you, Pastor Virginia. You know, she's taught about core beliefs, our beliefs and how we believe and our core beliefs, and that, that really kind of are some things that we want to go after. She also talked about the glory of God. Everybody say glory. She also talked about the glory of God and, and preached on the glory of God and talked about God's glory. And I want to say thank you to Pastor Sean. Sean, Pastor Sean, thank you so very much. I mean, I watched the, the, both of the messages and he talked about identity, right? Judges chapter 9. He talked about Gideon and, and how Gideon felt he was one way and God looked at Gideon a different way as a mighty warrior. Come on, somebody. I mean, he, does, he sees you differently than you see you. Oh, come on, somebody. He sees you differently than you see yourself. He saw Gideon that way, and, 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 and I really appreciate the, the identity, dealing with our identity. And that's all going to be part of today's and the messages coming up. And then Tatum talked about Jesus is enough. And it was amazing because when she was saying, you know, basically Jesus is enough, Jesus is enough, and that it was to take it to Jesus. That, and a lot of times we're like, well, let's pray. And it's like, well, that's not enough. Well, they're, they're, when we take it to Jesus, it's enough. And it was hit me home, you know, because there are some things. It's like, if I can just get well, I can just do this, or I can just do that. And then I can do this, and I can do this, and hear the I, 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 right? Instead of saying, I need to take it to Jesus. What have you got today that you just need to take to Jesus? I'm trying to sign on my computer, but it's got to have a capitalization. And he says to take it to Jesus. Somebody say, take it to Jesus. And then Mark and Cynthia came last week and talked a little bit about um, what? Possessing the land. They were possessing the land. There was a possessing of the land. And I, I want us to be able to possess everything that God has for us. And tagging on what they talked about, I want to be able to um, be able to step into the next few weeks, really probably the next three or four weeks. I really, God wants me to unpack this. And this morning during worship, I want to, I want to get a message together and then dump it on you, right? And it's like a crab at the beach. Has anybody ever seen one of those crabs at the beach? I mean, then little, little fiddler crabs come up. You use them to, to fish with, and they'll bury themselves down in the sand. And then the water comes up, right? And then as the water recedes, they jump out of that hole, and they run down towards the water because the whole idea is for them to get to the water. And then what happens? A wave comes, and then it, the crab disappears. And I don't want to be that way. I don't want to, I don't want to just dump this information, dump this anointing, dump these things of the word of the Lord upon you and that you flounder. I want to be able to sow something within your spirit. I want you to realize that number one, God does love you. He does love you. There's times I'm not telling you, I looked in the mirror and I thought there is no way my wife can love me, but she did an amazing job. Thank you, honey, for that. I'm telling you, she doctored me up. I mean, so to, for her not to be a nurse, she did the nursing. I'm just saying that God's nursing anointing was on her for me, and I appreciate that very much. I still am trying to get on my computer. Excuse me, everybody, just a minute. I might have to have Shelly help me. <laughs> So the first thing is about God's love. And I appreciate everybody that's come in and sowed into your lives. But I want you to take this as a part of it. So 
I was laying on the couch or recliner. We've got a chair that folds out into a recliner. And I was thinking about this message. And how many of you know that held me back for six weeks? You ever had something that held you back? You know, you guys have had broken bones. You've had issues that you've gone on, the situations in your life that have held us back. And that held me back. And it held me back. And I thought about my message about what's holding you back. What's holding you back? Could we take a minute and look at it and analyze it and say, is that holding me back? Is it my core beliefs? Is it me understanding my identity? All those things can hold you back, just like has been preached over the last six weeks. It, it, it's, it's, do I take it to Jesus? Is that holding me back? What's holding me back from taking it to Jesus? What's holding me back from being able to enter into the land of enough, just enough, to a land of more than enough? What's holding me back on that? Do you ever feel like that there's a blessing that you've been looking at and God's fixing the release upon you and it just hasn't been fulfilled yet. And there's an expectation that, that there's something there and, and it's like, what is holding this thing back? Or you're on the edge of a breakthrough and it's been stalled or it's been delayed and, and it's been held back and you're like, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. God, I'm, I'm not in sin. I'm doing the right things. I'm, I'm believing you, trusting you, walking in you, and I'm trying to be obedient to God. And it just seems like it's not happening yet. Am I talking to anybody in this sanctuary this morning? Because it's all of us. We've all had that. And I know that the, that, that, that the word has promised this, and God, I'm ready for it to manifest in my life. And I believe that as I was dealing with something that was containing me, that there can be a spirit of containment on your life. Whether you realize it or not, whether it's called that or not, I'm going to use that terminology. And I'm going to use that terminology because I believe it's holding you back. And I believe that I spent six weeks and I was being held back. It wasn't just Shelly holding me back. But she needed to hold me back. Come on, y'all know I'm hard-headed. Y'all know I'm just, I'll just be the first one to run into it. And it's like, you're not supposed to do that, you know, but... I do it, and then I walk through the consequences of doing that. It, it held me back. So I want you to go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I want to just sow into this real quick because the Corinthian church wanted to move forward, needed to move forward. They were experiencing some amazing things. And I told you before that the first letter to the Corinthian church, Paul was harsh. He was tough on them. He held them accountable. He said some things. He said, man, you guys are doing some stuff. It's just no good. And he began to start coming back in the second letter, and he started to ease it up a little bit. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 11 through 13. He goes on and says, O Corinthians, you, I have, we have spoken openly to you that our heart is wide open. Everybody say wide open. Our heart is wide open. Our hearts are wide open. Our hearts are, are wide open. It's wide open. But you are not restricted by us. Well, the church is holding you back. No. Well, I would do this, but I'm just being held back. Well, why are you being held back? It says you are restricted by what? Your own affections. You are being restricted by your own affections. I love, man, I love sin. 
Y'all love sin. But the Bible says only for a little while. Because man, when I was out in, the, in doing stuff that wasn't godly, are you with me? Hello. It was fun. Come on, somebody. Anybody? anybody? It was fun. But man, I'd wake up in the next, in the next morning and found out that uh, half my face was gone and <laughs> all this stuff had happened to me. You go into a bar, you come out. Next morning you wake up, I've been beat up. I have black eyes, broken nose. I mean, that was me. I, I've been through all of that stuff. And I'm laying there thinking, well, maybe this sin stuff isn't really that fun. How many of you know my, my affections were holding me back? So what about if it's not a sin issue, but just an issue that maybe is not good for you? Paul says, I have the freedom to do whatever I want to do, but the things I do may not benefit me. May not be good for me. Uh, you better wait a minute, Eric. That may not work for you. May not good for you. He goes on. He says, in return for the same, I speak to you as children for you to also be open. He says, we're open to you. We love you. We're going to love you unconditionally. We're open for you. He said, but some of your affections are holding you back. So how about if we take this and we begin to look at it ourselves? We're not restricted. You're not restricted by us. That word restricted is a Greek word, stenokio, and it means to hem in closely. It means to hedge in. You're restricted. It means to cramp or a narrowness. Anybody ever gotten to the place where it's, oh, I got to barely get through. I'm hemmed in on every side. Paul said that. I'm persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. I'm crushed, but I'm not in despair. And he's going through those things. That word restricted literally means to be limited, contained, restrained. Are we containing ourselves? I was there, and there were times... I'm going to be transparent, couldn't you? There were times I was in that, in that living room, and I was feeling sorry for myself. I, it's okay for y'all to feel sorry for me, but it's not okay for me to feel sorry for me. And I'll show you here in just a minute. I don't want to feel sorry for myself because when I feel sorry for myself, hello, I put a lid on me. I put a lid on me. So guess what I got right here? I got my little container. Can I get Dwayne, can you would you bring that I gave you earlier? He's got a card in his pocket. Would you take that out and just kind of hold it up and let, let them see? And what's that say on it? Everybody. So I feel sorry for myself. So I'm feeling sorry for myself, right? I'm feeling sorry for myself. It's me. I'm feeling sorry for myself. I'm feeling sorry for myself. And when I feel sorry for myself, guess what happens? I'm, I'm, I'm in Christ, right? I'm in there. That's me right there, right? I'm in his hands. I'm in his love. Are you with me? That's me right there. I'm in there. You in there? You in there? You're in there. I'm in there right there. But what happens when I feel sorry for myself is this. I'm restrained. You can feel sorry for yourself. Other people feel sorry for you. You feel sorry for yourself. You feel far sorry for yourself. It's been three years since the fire. The fire happened. It is what it is. I'm not feeling sorry for myself. I went through it. We're going through it. We will go to spend the rest of our lives going through it. But I'm not going to feel sorry for myself. 
And that's what Paul was after with the Corinthian church. He was saying, look, when you feel sorry for yourself, well, I'm not from the right side of the tracks. I don't have the right education. If I was just taller, if I was bigger, if I was stronger, if I was more handsome, right? I'm putting, I'm putting a lid on it. I'm restricting myself. Oh, come on, somebody. Well, pastor, you don't know what I went through. Then put the lid on yourself. The enemy doesn't have to put the lid on you. You're putting it on yourself. I'm not smart enough. We'll get some knowledge. I don't understand. We'll get understanding. Isn't the Bible said to get wisdom? And then I get wisdom. I get what? Understanding too, because it's important. Are you with me? So I'm dealing with a spirit of containment. I love God. So? I want everything I can have. Well, you just put yourself with a lid on it. But I want to have peace. Well, maybe you've got a lid on it. You're contained. You're restrained. I'm going to set this little guy right here. Because that's what happens to us. And Paul was talking about that. And I wanted the example to understand that, you, that we get put into a place where we have a containment. We have a lid put on us. And it doesn't allow us to overcome. Uh-huh. It doesn't allow us to understand. Uh-huh. It doesn't allow us to realize what God's word says about us and for me to live in that word of God. Can I get an amen from somebody? So we walk in the body of Christ. We walk with God for years. You can be saved and have a lid on you. You can be going to heaven and have a lid on you. But you'll never experience the fullness of the kingdom of God in the earth today if you've got that lid on you. We restrict ourselves by ourselves for feeling sorry for ourselves. Is that you? In the last six months, have you ever said it's not fair? Anybody? I'm the only one. Y'all are doing really awesome. It's not fair. God, it's not fair. (laughs) God, it's just not fair. This is happening there, and this is happening here, and this is happening in their life, and their life, and their life. And guess what? When I say it's not fair, I'm putting a lid on it. I'm putting restraint on it. I'm confining myself to it. I'm limiting. Oh, come on. You all understand that? You realize this? And, And it's like what happens is we are used to the world because the world does it all the time. So Jesus told the Father, he said, look, don't take them out of the world. Leave them in the world. They're not, they're in the world, but they're not, they're in the world, but they're not. So I'm in the world. I'm in the world system. I use money. I, it's the world system. Man, I'm so glad it's not like the Old Testament now, and y'all be bringing goats and sheep and birds and everything else to be sacrificed. Whew. I'd be wearing a meat marker coat, you know what I mean? And just, just. Cutting everything up. I'm just so glad it's not that. So in my recovery, I realized that I was being contained. And I can allow my recovery and what's happened to me affect me negatively and allow you guys to feel sorry for me, but most importantly, me to feel sorry for me. I'm not going to feel sorry for myself. 
There's some stuff I've done I haven't wanted to do. I did a long time ago. And then I've had to deal with some of those issues and walk through some of those situations and all of that stuff. And I don't want to do that ever again. I got out of that. So I walked into the things of God. Let me share this with you in the message Bible. It says, dear Corinthians, that's what it says in the message Bible. I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life. Are you kidding me? Paul's saying, look, guys, I want you all to get into this where you got some room where you can swim and not on the little end where everybody's at. Right. He says, we didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. But pastor, but, 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 maybe it's within you. Every disciple overcame something. In fact, every human being most have overcome some things. Man, I think about some of the, the athletes and how they, 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 Paul talks about it in the Bible that, that they, they, they beat their bodies. They, you know what I mean? They make their, they whip it into shape. They do what they have to do in order to be overcomers. He says, maybe it's from within you. Maybe there's something going on within you. He goes on and says this, your lives aren't small. Turn to your neighbor and say, your life's not small. Your life's not small. But you're living them in a small way. And Paul goes on, he says, I'm speaking as plainly as I can with great affection. Open up your lives and live openly and expansively. I owe you an apology. I've allowed some things in my life to steal my joy. No more. I'm going to come in happy, 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 happy. <laughs> I'm going to come in laughing. And then somebody one time, I started laughing, and they went, there's that laugh. And I said, what do you mean? And they said, how many of you know people can minister to you? And they're like, I hadn't had heard that laugh in a while. And I was like, ooh, they're right. I didn't have my laugh. I wasn't there. They weren't used to hearing it. It's different. When you hear my laugh, it's kind of like Joyce Myers. When you hear her voice, you know it's Joyce. Amen. My laugh, you hear me laugh, they're like, yeah, that's Eric. Yeah, there he is. And Paul was saying, he was saying, when you feel sorry for yourself, you create a smallness in your life. When we pity ourselves, we create a smallness in our life. When we, when, when we, when we, we become trapped, we become with the lid on. And Paul was saying life isn't small. He was like, man, there's greatness on the inside of you. Now who am I talking about? Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I went to church today and the preacher was talking about me. Well, that's why I don't go to church. Don't tell them. Just let them have it. Just say, okay, all right. Because there's greatness on the inside of you. There's greatness on the inside of you. But wait a minute. I, I'm from this I, I'm, I'm from this clan. I'm from this tribe. I'm from this area. I live in this state. And it doesn't matter. There is still greatness on the inside of you. Come on, somebody. Can I tell you something today? Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Stop it. <laughs> okay. If you can do it, I can do it. Doesn't mean I won't have times where I feel sorry for myself. And then I get down and I'm, I'm always me. And then I'm like, wait a minute. The word of the Lord says I'm more than a conqueror. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above all and not beneath. I'm a conqueror. I can overcome. I'm going to step up, step up. Because God is with me and who can be against me? And all these things that are coming against me, it's just trying to restrict me 
And I can begin to say, wait a minute, no, no, I'm going to break out. Somebody say break out. I'm going to break out of this thing. I'm going to live openly and expansively, and I'm going to enjoy the goodness of God in my life. He wants you to do that. I, I want us to remove the lid of the container today. I want you to say, I don't know, but over the next month, two years, get rid of that thing. Oops, I didn't hit somebody. But I'm going to give you something today to start with. Because a lot of times, faith without works is what? It's dead. It means it doesn't, it doesn't work. Faith without works, it doesn't work. Faith without works. In fact, it's impossible to please God unless you have what? Faith. Somebody say believe. Just believe. So I'm going to start just a few minutes. If you'll give me just a few minutes, I'm going to start just about what I want to talk to you about is a couple areas of containment. You want to hear a couple areas that I believe that I've come up with that I realize? Number one is the natural. I'm going to talk about breaking the spirit of containment. Breaking it off. How can I get to the next level? How can I overcome an addiction or bondage? Come on, somebody. How can I overcome the way I feel? Because the way I feel may not be who God says you are. Just like Gideon when he was like, I didn't feel like that. And God was like, you're a mighty warrior. I ain't feeling that now. God sees you in a way that you don't see you. But there's two, two areas that we're going to talk about. One of them is the natural realm. Somebody say natural. Man, I know some people. Well, God will do it. I'm just praying, 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 praying for some food. I'm praying for this. I'm praying for that. Well, did you go to the front door? Nope. I'm on my couch. I'm praying. God's going to do it. And there are times when he does stuff. But how many of you know if you're going to operate in some authority, there's a natural authority he's given you. The second thing is the spiritual realm. Somebody say spiritual realm. So we've got the natural and we've got the... I know a lot of people that are all in the natural and not in the... And I know some people that are in the spiritual and they're what? Not in the natural. And some people think, well, if I just do the spiritual things, it'll, it'll be all right. Faith without what? Works isn't going to be all right. Are you with me? So they lay on the couch. They pray at home. I don't need church. I just need Jesus. Me and Jesus. And that's all well and good. And there are times that it's going to be you and Jesus, but he put community together. He put people in your lives to help you overcome. Come on, somebody. An island, you, you can't just be an island by yourself. And, and they're like, you know, God's going to bless me. Yeah, no, no, that's not, that's not right. He's not going to bless you like he wants to bless you if you're by yourself. And the Bible says, put your hand to something and he'll prosper it. Deuteronomy 15. You put your hand to something, and he'll prosper it. And sometimes we've got to do the natural. Turn to your neighbor and say, do the natural. So we can just focus on spiritual things, and the natural things need to be done. The natural things are hard, y'all. The natural things work. It has to be done. you got to get skilled. i got people that pastor pray that I get a, a new job. What do you want to do? I want to be a CPA. Are you good with numbers? No. But I like numbers. It's in the Bible. Numbers in the Bible. I was like, wait a minute. Well, then get some education on it. Come on. Because you can do some of the spiritual things, just spiritual, and you can get burned out. And you can be looking at it and going, God, where are you at? And God said, look, I want you to do the natural thing. Get up off the couch, and I will lead you and guide you, and you can walk into what God has for you. So there's the natural. Everybody say the natural. 
So you got to do both. You got to do the spiritual and natural. But first, I want to talk a little bit about the natural real quick. The first thing about the natural that I want you to do, and if you got your phone, get it, put it in there, is make room for increase. With a lid on this, can there be any increase? But somebody wants to give you a car. You got to make room for increase. Somebody wants to give you a blessing. Make room for increase. You got to be ready. I'm going to receive that, baby. I'm making room. Okay, God, pour it out on me. <laughs> I'm ready, Lord. Let me have it. And it's like, I need you to do something in the natural. What's that, Lord? Remove the lid. Oh, I didn't know that was containing me. Now I'm ready. Guess what? You're right. You are ready. He can begin to pour in a blessing. I'm not going to feel sorry for myself. I went through what I went through the past six weeks, and I appreciate you guys very, very much. And I appreciate the phone calls, the cards, the prayers, and it's made a difference in my life. But three years from now, I'm moving past this deal. Come on, somebody. I'm not going to allow it to hinder me. I'm not going to allow it to, to, to hold me back. I'm not going to allow it to contain me. I'm going to remove that lid and say, okay, God, I heard what you said when I was sitting there struggling to be able to see the TV and turn it off. And I slept all the time, but I heard you speak to my spirit and said there's going to be a time where you got to get up and you got to do something in the natural because the enemy wants to use this as a container and he wants to put that lid on you and it's time to bust that lid out and say, I'm not going to have that put on me and I'm not going to walk in that way. I'm not going to be, have people feel sorry for me. You feel sorry for me. That's not going to hurt my lid. It's when I feel sorry for me that it hurts the lid. Say, so take it off. Can I say that in church? <laughs> I don't know, Pastor, can I say that in church? Because if we don't remove the lid, then how are we going to allow God to do what he says he's going to do in his word? Make room for increase. Say it with me. Make room for increase. Again, make room for increase. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, make room for increase. We've got to make room for increase. Well, I don't know. I think the increase is just for Virginia. I mean, you know, I don't want to have too much. Don't want to have too much. I don't want to increase too much. I'm not talking about weight. I'm not telling you to make room for increase there. Come on. I'm not telling you anything about that stuff. I'm talking about spiritually. Let me give you this scripture, Ephesians 3.20. Ephesians 3.20. Here's what it says. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. According to his what? Power that works in us. How many of you believe God can? How many believe he will? How many believe he's gonna? You know, and, and, and there's times where it's like, oh, I know he can. And I know he does for Virginia. And Jerry. And Ursula. And Gary. And he does for Carrie. And he does for Marvin. And Sandy. And I don't know. Am I worthy? Guess what you just put? A lid. You got no room to move. You just put a lid on there. I am not worthy. But what Christ has done on the cross by shedding his blood makes me worthy. Oh, no, you didn't hear what I said. I'm not worthy. But what Christ has done for me, whoop, 
There it is. Put me right in the place where I am worthy. Come on, somebody say it with me. I am worthy. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise on that one. It's to him who will be able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to not my power, but his power that's on the inside of me. His power that I can walk and operate by. His power I can overcome hurt and pain and tragedy and all this stuff that's in my life. It's his power that I'm going to operate in. It's his power that I'm going to overcome. It's his power that I'm going to be a conqueror in. That's why I can get over what I got to get over. Somebody got to give the Lord, a hand clap of praise this morning. Okay, I know you're not ready for this. Can I go on? Just say go on. Okay, God can do beyond what we can ask or think. See, y'all don't know, for six weeks I've been sitting there preaching. (laughs) And there's plenty more next week. Come on. He is able to do it. God is able to do it. He's able to do it, and he's able to do it for you, through you, for you. Faith won't work until you conceive faith in your heart. I got faith. When it conceives in my heart, it's going to work. I believe I can do it. Well, until I try to do it, and I can't do it. It's not conceived in my heart. Listen, some of you have started businesses, and Tennille, I, I, I love you, and I know... This I'm using her for an example, but it's a good example. God had her dance in her DNA. And she believed it. No, no, she believed it. It was in her heart. It was conceived. And what was conceived then gave birth. Oh, come on, somebody. There may be something, you, you, you may be like me, it was like, I, I just, my, my, my gift was just, I just wanted to just have a family and live life and enjoy it. There's nothing wrong with that. But I conceive it, I didn't realize that there was some, all the challenges that come along with doing that, but it still doesn't make that null and void. Because when I have faith now, faith is not just something I see or talk about or a shirt that I wear. Or a license plate I put on my car. It's something I conceive in my heart. And when I conceive that faith in my heart, it becomes part of my DNA. And that faith is that God is for me and who's against me. What about tomorrow? If I just knew I'm having the favor of God. And I walk out, and there's a parking place at Walmart right up front, and I'm going, God, I got your favor. And I go to pull into that, and somebody takes it. Do I not have faith? No. I've conceived that in my heart. Lord, bless them. That's their parking spot. Amen? Then you get out and find out she's got a walker or whatever. Needs to get up. To, you know, needs to be up there front. So that's good. So faith conceived in me. I've got to believe it. It's got to be conceived in my heart. I was addicted to drugs or alcohol and some other stuff. And I thought there's no way I can ever get out of that. And faith had to come in and be conceived in my heart. And I began to start seeing myself walking free of that bondage. Walking free of that situation. Walking free. And there were some things I had to do in the natural. And one of them was to just say no. So when the guy comes up and says, hey, I got some good stuff for you. 
You got some money? You don't need money. I got this. You can have this. I say, no. Get out of my face. I'm not bowing down. I'm standing for the things of God. We begin to start looking at that and faith begins to faith begins to come forth because we've conceived it in our heart. We've conceived it in our heart. We see it in our heart. I'm talk a little bit down the road about imagination and understanding that because I have to believe in my life. I have to believe. I have to believe that God is for me. He's not against me. If God is for me, then who can be against me? The devil, and he's already a loser. Come on, somebody. I have to make room for increase. Somebody say increase. I have to do it in the natural. I got to make room for increase. And you know, you can go in, you can have a career, and you can ask for a promotion, and you can sit and just pray about the promotion. But what about if you find out that the promotion comes when you learn more about numbers? When you go to school and you become a therapist, and then all of a sudden things begin to open up. Can I get an amen? You've got to increase. There's going to be some natural things. You may have to get education. You may have to get understanding on it. I'm just praying, Lord. I'm just praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. We need to do something about it. You heard about this story, right? Let me tell you about the story about the two pastors, right? They were out fishing. They were fishing, and there was a hole that got in the boat. And the pastor up front, the water was coming in, and he goes, oh, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray. We just need to pray. And the pastor in the back said, you pray, I'll bail water. Because there's something in the natural. Everybody say natural. Ecclesiastes 5.3 says a dream, a dream comes through much activity. A dream. I have a dream. Martin Luther King had a dream. Do you think that's as far as he went? No. Because there was some things in the natural that needed to take place for the dream. Come on, somebody. Isaiah 54 verses 2 and 3. It says, enlarge your tent and let them stretch out your curtains for your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and expand to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. We know we're going to get that banner. We know dream big. And let's just begin to start expanding and expanding, expanding our territories, expanding, expanding increase. I'm going to, I'm going to make room for increase. I'll make room for increase. So I use the CPA or the, the, the math person as, as, as something that, that's an example. You begin to start getting educa- education on it. I was thinking this morning, this morning I walked out back and I was looking over our backyard. and It's peaceful back there. It's peaceful. And I remember, was reminded of some words my dad told me. Because a lot of the stuff in our backyard... You, some of you helped me, and I did. We did, didn't we? We worked our butts off on that thing sometimes. You know what I mean? And it's nice for us. And my dad said, you can either learn how to do it or pay somebody else to. My dad wasn't a spiritual guy. He wasn't trying to teach me a spiritual lesson on that because we could go, now how do I apply that spiritually? I led my father to the Lord a week before he died. He wasn't a spiritual man, but he was a moral man. He'd give you the shirt off your back. He'd do it. He'd say, here, right off my back, he'd give it to you. Anything that you need, he, he, he would be there. He would do it. And he said, Eric, he said, you can pay somebody to do it or you can learn to do it yourself. There's some things I pay for somebody to do. Hello? 
I'm not tearing down my motor. Although there are some guys, you guys motor heads in here, you would be able to do that with no problem. I'm, I'm, I, I'm not doing that. I'm paying somebody else to do it. But there are some things that I'll do. And how many of you know it saved me money? It, it gave me room for increase. Oh, come on, somebody. It opened up something. And there's some times where he's talking about when you're going to strengthen your stakes and lengthen your cords. It's like make your place bigger. Give, get ready for some increase. I don't know what it is that you're believing God for. But what about if you couldn't get it in because there was a lid on there? I'm believing God for increase. But, you know, I went through a real tough time three years ago when our kids died in a fire. And if that's all I focus on, then I don't focus on the prophetic dreams that came out. That Korah took Jesus' hand and walked across the pond into eternity. That Richard said he saw, he saw Joel sitting at the table with Peter. And Joel was asking him all sorts of questions. And Peter was just answering those questions right time and time again. Or I look out into my backyard and I see our, our playground set. And, and, and I see where Shelly had that dream and vision. It was like they, they were all there playing. And, and there was Joel and Shanda worshiping the Lord. And Jesus was in the picture. And you've got some of those same dreams. You've got some of those same things that you can hold on to. And those are there. And those are the markers that bring us into that place where it's like, I'm not going to stay there. I could leave the lid on, but I'm going to replace that lid. I'm going to take that lid off. I'm going to have the worship team come on. I'm going to take that lid off. I'm going to break out of that thing because that thing is there to try to contain me. It's there to try to stop me. And yes, I went through it, but I don't want anybody else to go through it. But I'm here to tell you, I am better. I'm going to take those issues and those situations in my life, and I'm going to use them for the betterment of my life than for the detriment of my life. And I'm going to rise above that. And I'm not going to allow the enemy to bring the destruction that he wants to bring in my life, through my life, in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. Somebody say, make room for increase. We want to make room for increase. Okay, we're going to have the worship team come on up. And I want us to begin to start formulating that. I want us to look in that. But before we, before we get out of here, now listen, I need you guys to read this week. I need you to open up the Bible. I need you to read this. I need you to read in Kings. I need you to read 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings. We'll send out a text. We'll remind you midweek. 2 Kings chapter 4. Because I am going to show you in that biblical example next week about the spirit of containment. And how a spirit of containment can contain you. So you're going to see a biblical example. 2 Kings chapter 4. 1 through 7. It's a real miracle story about the woman with the, with the oil. The, the widow's oil. And Elijah. Um, when you get a chance, read through that, and then we'll unpack that next week. Somebody say increase. Say, I'm making room for increase. I don't know what it's going to take for you to make that room. Have you got a garage that's just full of stuff? You need to put your car in there. What are you going to do? I'm going to make room for my car to go in the garage. There's some people we know, we got some friends, it's like, you know, you got a two-car garage, you're only using one car. One carport area. Well, they didn't have that to start with. They just had it all full. Eventually, they started getting rid of that stuff. They were making room for what? Increase. I know a guy. I know a guy says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to build this building. I said, what are you going to build that building for? He said, I'm going to put my boat in it. I said, you ain't got no boat. No, but I'm building a building to put my boat in it. How many of you know what he's done is he's, he's seen it? Well, that's real natural stuff. Well, here's the natural thing. 
I used to be addicted to alcohol. I always told people that I would never stop drinking because my dad worked at a brewery and I was trying to keep him in business. And I'm telling you, I spent all my money trying to keep him in business. <laughs> I haven't had a drink in a long time, long time. Well over 28 years, probably. 27 years. I don't even know. But what I did was I realized that I didn't need it any longer. And I realized that the enemy was using it as a lid for me. Right? You with me? And that's for me. May not be for you. And I saw myself at my family function, and we always had alcohol at our family functions. Always. More so than anything else. But you know what I mean? It was a party time. Get around my family. We kind of wild. We still wild, but we're older and nobody drinks as much anymore and you know doesn't we gotten wiser and smarter and but here's what, here's what I'm after I saw myself not doing it no no I, I saw myself just for me not doing it now this is whether it's drugs alcohol pornography lying cheating stealing any kind of stuff that's just not honorable to God I got to see myself walking out of that. I know a lot of people that deal with recovery. And part of the recovery is they've got to see themselves not giving into that any longer. Right? Right? It's like you got to begin to see it. If I can, Pastor Sean said, I believe it, I receive it. You see it, you walk through it. You're like, okay, I'm no longer going to be that. I'm no longer going to be that. You know, I was redheaded. I don't have red hair anymore. Barely some hair, but I don't have red hair anymore. But they'd always say, you're angry. Well, that's not the DNA of a redhead to be angry. That may be what the world says. I'm Irish too. So, you know, hey, I got Scotland. I'm German. I got, you know, I got a lot of stuff in me. I got a lot of stuff in here. But I'm not going to operate that way. So maybe people see you as a drug addict. Maybe people see you as an alcoholic. Maybe people see you as a fornicator. Maybe people see you as whatever it is that they see you and a liar, a cheater, a stealer. I'm here to tell you, you can begin to see yourself in your heart and have faith in your heart that that's not who I am no more. I'm born again, bought, paid by the price of Jesus Christ. I am now a believer and follower of Him. I get knocked down, but I get back up. I am not going to allow the enemy to put a lid on me and contain me from what I'm not going to be any longer because God says I'm a warrior then I'm a warrior God says you're love then you're love God said you're a champion then you're a champion God says you're a conqueror then guess what you are a conqueror God said it that settles it and that's finished it's over with it's done and if he says you need to make some room then start making some room I know, some, I know some people that wanted to have a baby, and you know what they did? They made a baby room. Well, didn't you know that you got some medical deal and you can't have no baby? It's like, what are you making that room for, that baby? I don't know if it's coming this year or next year, but that baby's coming. My brother was in that situation, 
And he got a baby. Come on, somebody. Come on, you start making room for something. You got to begin to make room for something. You got to begin to make room for something. You got to begin to make room. Are you hearing me today? You got to begin to make room for something. You got to begin to make room. Maybe you're making room for the word of God. Maybe you're making room for your identity. So Gideon judges and read about him and study about Gideon and say, wait a minute. God said he's a mighty warrior. No, I'm the least of the least. I'm from the tribe of the least of the least. You don't know how bad it is on my side. And God said, no, no, you're not. You're a warrior. Somebody say, I'm a warrior. We got some warriors in the house. We got some conquerors in the house. We got overcomers in the house. Come on, we got all these people in the house. Why? Because we're not going to allow the enemy to put a lid over us to try to contain us anymore. Somebody needs to give the Lord some praise. I... Woo! Come on, give the Lord a mighty shout of we're going to break it off. Go and stand to your feet. Let's just begin to worship the Lord. Take a few more moments. I know you'll get to the restaurant soon or you'll get home to fix something. I'm telling you, that peanut butter and jelly sandwich will wait another five, ten minutes. Let's just begin to just lift our hands to the Lord. Let's begin to worship Him. What is it that you got to make room for worship? Maybe you got to make room for something. Maybe you got to say, God, forgive me for this or that. And now you begin to lift your hands. That no longer has a hold on you any longer. We're coming against drugs. We're coming against the addiction to alcohol and drugs. We're coming against addictions and bondages. And say guilt and shame has got to leave in the name of Jesus. It can't stay because you're bought with the blood of Christ. You've paid. You've been paid. You've been paid. You've been paid for. You are a masterpiece. You are a masterpiece. Let's just worship the Lord. Let's just, hey, Courtney, hit those lights on the way out. Let's just worship the Lord. Let's just begin to worship the Lord, please.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I could give you an altar call and say, who needs God to move? But listen, if you're in this building, you need God to move. I want you to lift your hands to the Lord. We've been talking about the spirit of containment, restricting you. Paul told the Corinthian church, it's not, it's not the church that's constraining you restricting you, containing you. It's you containing yourself, restricting yourself. And I'm just asking the Lord what it is. God, is there something that's holding me back? Have I been guilty of pity or shame or guilt or all of those things that, uh, that can hold us back? Have I allowed the enemy to put a lid on? Because I'm feeling sorry for myself for what I went through in my past. And I'm not making light of any of that. But there's a time where God's bringing healing. And I believe today is the day that he's bringing healing to those situations today. If there's a situation that you've got, just begin to hold it up to him. You may have been hurt and abused as a child. You may have had situations and circumstances where people left your life and people treated you wrong. All these things Jesus had to deal with himself. So he's taken those things. And he's saying, I'm going to shed my blood on the cross at Calvary for you. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, just invite him into your heart. Maybe we, we know Jesus, but we need to know him closer, more intimate. Just ask him. Just say, God, help me remove my lids. Has the enemy put a container on me? Maybe I put the container on myself. And I can just begin to start seeing five-gallon buckets with the lid coming off. I can see paint cans with the lid coming off. I can see trash cans with the lid coming off. I can see convertible cars pulling the lid down because you know, the, the lid is coming off. That we've been restricted. We've been contained. We've been constrained. And those things have got to come off us. 
Just begin to ask him, say, Lord, forgive me where I've allowed this to happen in my life. Just begin to ask him. You know the situation. You know the circumstance. That's right. We can do this right here, right now. And we're going to break that spirit of containment. We're going to teach on it more next week in the next three or four weeks. And you don't want to miss this. In fact, you're going to need to invite somebody else to come in and say, look, you got to hear this. Because we've allowed that to happen to ourselves. Look, we didn't know we were doing it. We don't know. We didn't know. But God can forgive that. And his love can cover that. His love calls, covers a multitude of sins, don't it? It covers a multitude of mistakes and issues in our lives. Just begin to receive that. Let him know. Let him know. Let him know right now. The Holy Spirit's just touching people today. He's touching you. Maybe you need, just need to make room for him. Maybe you make room for him. Make room for him. Make room for him. Make room for him. Make room for increase. That's him. He's a God of increase. He's a God of increase. He'll take the bad away and give you good. Something better for what was worse. Just receive that. Just receive that. Just receive that now. 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 We're just dealing with some things that contain us. God, deal with these things. Thank you, Father. We need to move. We need to unload our junk so we got room for your move. How about that? Get rid of the junk in the trunk. Begin to allow God to just work in your life. No matter where you're at, no matter what journey you're on, no matter the situations and struggles, God is for you, not against you. Just begin to have that foundation of love. Thank you, Lord. 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 I want to release a couple words of knowledge real quick. Kim's got one, and then I want to share one after hers that I believe that the Lord gave me. This is what the Lord has been showing me since, like, mega early this morning and then during praise and worship. It says, today is the day that the Lord declares that Living Word Fellowship is the land of Goshen. I see the Lord. Lord, I'm, I'm going to put this down and Holy Ghost, you just say what you want to say. But what I see in the spirit realm, what I see is a, a fine net being laid down upon Living Word Fellowship and us as individuals. And God is doing that because he's declared today, no more devil, no. That means that the devil is no longer allowed to bring all the junk that he's been bringing on us. He's containing the devil. And God says that he, he showed me that he laid a net down over Living Word Fellowship and today is the day that Living Word Fellowship becomes the land of Goshen like it was spoken in August 19th, 2022. And he says that oh, now I gotta read it. 
showed me. He said, this is the land of Goshen. And um, he says that, um, he says to tell you that from this point on, a few years back, Pastor Virginia was talking about words and she said, whatever you say from this point on will affect your life in the next five years. And God said, he was serious when he said, this is the most important time for you to speak my word because God said he will not allow his word to come back away. That's Isaiah 55, 11. He won't do it. And he says in Numbers 23, 19, that he's not a man that he should lie. Has he not said it and will he not do it? And God said, if you want health, tell me scriptures that I have written so that I have to watch over my word and hasten it word, hasten his word to perform it. Because he showed me what he what happens in the spirit realm is when I say, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I'm healed and whole and completely pain-free. From Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, he immediately says, Well, angels, you know what you gotta do. Go do it. And he sends the angels out with the answer of flourishing of the word spoken that I've spoke over my life. God says, make room because he wants to bless us physically, mentally, emotionally, and financially. He said to tell you that everything the devil has stolen from you health-wise, money-wise, from the church, he said, when the, the devil's been caught today and said the devil has to pay you back seven times what he stole through all the physical things you've been going through and for all the emotional things, he's going to build more faith in you because you, you've been, Lord, I know, Lord, I know, but your head wants to say one thing in your heart or your spirit man says another. And God said that he's going to pay you back seven times what's been stolen from the church. But he also says that everyone in the sound of my voice that is a part of Living Word Fellowship, God says that he's going to pay you back seven times what he stole from you physically, financially, mentally, socially, and emotionally. And God said, God says when you talked about seeing Joel God says that Joel and Michael and all them babies they are a part of your cloud of witnesses and they're praying you on so you don't fail so you don't have a pity party and like you were saying, you know that you know that the reason why things have happened in your life is because the devil's just trying to put a roadblock on you. And the net is so that the devil and the demons cannot put roadblocks in our way again. And they're a fine net so that our prayers can go up and the answers from the angels come down. That's why there's a fine net. Because God today declares that he is putting a hedge of protection that net and also the fire like it says in Zechariah 
that he's a fire of, of protection around about us. And I'm telling you, from this day forward, God said, you better speak my word if you want my word because I'm, I'm doing it and I'm going to do it faster than I've ever done it before. Everything that you speak over your life, according to my word, I'll perform it and it's going to happen quick. Come on, let's give him some praise in here. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. Does that fit to your word at all? Or, or you want to wait till next week? What are you thinking? This, okay, y'all go just, she's going to, she's got this. I, I want us to share this. I want you guys, as we move forward, making room for increase may not just be cleaning out your garage. Making room for increase may be cleaning out your heart. Maybe saying, I'm going to put the word of God on that situation. And I'm going to walk through God's word. And when God says it, that settles it. And I see it and I believe it. And I'm going to walk that way. Thank you. And the Lord says, hold the fort. Do not believe all the propaganda that the devil is spouting. Stand up tall and straight. Begin to proclaim wonderful, glorious blessings that they're coming to you now. You must never proclaim bad things, but yes, do proclaim things that you want to see happen. And as you proclaim good, marvelous, supernatural things, I will do them for you. Your words are like little bombs. As they go out of your mouth, They are activated to bring what you say. So always remember to activate what you want in life and watch me do it for you. Never speak bad things because they are activated the same as the good things. Let this be a memory for you to never speak bad things. You'll be amazed how beautiful things will be will begin happening because it went forth from your mouth. And as they cross your lips, they are activated to bring miraculous, wonderful blessings to you. So let the bombs go off and watch your blessing come one after another, after another, after another. Until you'll say, I can't hold anymore. So I'll give them away to those who haven't learned to activate the bombs. Amen. Stretch your hands to the Lord. Say this, in the name of Jesus, I believe and I receive that increase is coming in my life. That I have favor, God's favor on my life, in my family, in my city. In my town, in my state, I have the favor of God. God wants me to walk in favor. And I believe that favor and receive that favor and give you praise and glory for that favor in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody needs to give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah.
Tell somebody you're blessed. Say, I'm blessed. I am blessed. Blessed means to be empowered to prosper. We pray a blessing over you as you leave today. Get ready. Get some people ready. We'll send you some more information on what to be able to read this week. And let's get into the Word of God and come expecting next week. Amen, Tatum? We're going to come expecting next week. Worship teams on notice. Here we go. We're going to come expecting next week. We bless you. Have a great afternoon in the Lord. God bless you.